it, it lit a fire in me. I, I've read books where people said that there was a turning point in their life. And I, I can probably list a couple of them that happened in swimming, but that moment lived with me for the rest of my life. Hi there, everyone, and welcome into a new installment of the Career Competitive Podcast with me, Steve Meller. And as a member of the CG Sports Network, we are the show that seeks to light the competitive fire within you in order to succeed within your career. And my guest today is a two-time Olympic champion, so talk about competing at the highest level. Colin Jones joins us to talk about quite a few things. Firstly, a good bit about our friendship. We go back a good 15, 16 years, and uh, I've been just a huge fan of Colin from uh, close up, from afar at times, whatever it may be, always following his career and seeing him achieve the highest of highs. And we go into also a number of more recent events too, including his work at the moment with some of the racial injustice movements going on around the country over the last few months. He is extremely active, extremely vocal, and very much pushing the barriers in the right direction in terms of making sure that he himself is a signal, is a proponent for all the fantastic things that are happening around the country and within the sport of swimming specifically with regards to racial injustices and diversity. So really excited to dive into some of this stuff with Colin. Be sure to make sure that you are subscribing to the show. If this is your first listen, welcome. I'm glad that you decided to join us. But while you're here, uh, I encourage you to give the show a rating. If you're listening to us on iTunes, just click that fifth star because I think we are worthy of it. And be sure to leave me some insight as well as to what you thought of the episode. Also, take the time to go to careercompetitor.com where you will find a very easy way to navigate through the episodes and take a look into some of the new things that we have going on, including blogging, which I have recently gotten into as well, which is uh, something I'm really enjoying. And it's a part of my competitive call episodes that I release on Mondays to get you guys fired up for the week ahead. So that is everything you need to know in relation to the show. And I'm now excited to be bringing in an old friend of mine, but two-time Olympic champion in the sport of swimming, Colin Jones, to the show. I hope you guys enjoy I am extremely excited to be welcoming on an old friend of mine from the NC State heyday, um, you know, Wolfpack in the house, uh, Colin Jones, um, like I said, just a longtime friend, uh, a guy that I've just been so uh, so in awe of, you know, let's, let's call it what it is, man, in awe of you for a long time now, just really blessed to have seen so many things up close of what you've achieved. I always knew one day I'd be interviewing the Colin Jones, you know, uh, we got the name, we got the name. Friends, you've seen me at my worst, don't do that. <laughs> We're just two, two beautiful, bald dads now, you know, That's just it, doing man. live, just you know? doing live at its best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, how are you, man? Everything good? Things are good, man. It's, uh, it's been a shift, you know, I, I don't think I, act, Steve, I don't think I've actually said that i retired but i guess i was just kind of <laughs> forced to pasture um no i i was ready i think uh mentally to 
to kind of hang up the goggles. And mm. um, I know Michael's talked about it, but I, I mean, I went through some 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 serious times mentally, just trying to figure sure. out what the next step was for me, and bumped my way through. But things are good. I'm I'm back with Speedo. Um, in no way do I feel like I'm trying to hold on to the sport. No, I feel like I'm contributing to the sport now in a different way. Um, so to find a niche to be able to still be in the sport and not to feel like I'm, I'm just trying to hold on is, is yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that. And I, I actually appreciate that you kind of started there because for, for me, and we'll get into the, the, the many, many things we did in the pool, but I think hearing you talk about what you were just, just to me before we started recording here um, about the passion projects that you now have and these amazing partners that you get to do it with. I think for me, there's so much, so much potential because of those amazing partnerships that you obviously have at your disposal. So just talk to us a little bit about, and let's keep it competitive, you know, talk to us a little bit about how you feel as though you're able to take Colin Jones, the competitor into this work that you're now doing today. Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect TFC. Thank you. Um, and it still gets to be kind of the athlete and to be the role model. Um, I never asked for it, <laughs> but I take it very strongly. And um, I, I feel like this transition into this role of building out ways for Speedo to kind of give back, not only to the sport, but back to the community was right up my alley. The work that I did with and still do do with um, Make a Splash and USA Swimming Foundation and Phillips 66 is it's been 13 years. You know, we've yeah. reached over eight million dollars worth funding kids how to swim. It's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just remember back in 2008 when I was sitting in the room or on the phone and we're trying to build out what this looks like. And I was right. like rolling my eyes because I'm a 24 year old just having a good time, but <laughs> wanting to give back, of course. But, you know, just listening to all of the different pieces being put together to make this thing that's now been 13 years and now steve this is my job i do that now like i'm yeah. building things for uh for this sport to thrive whether that mm -hmm. be to teach kids to learn how to swim to be more inclusive mm -hmm. um it's my turn to now step up and try to build these different structures so I love it. I love it. And as you said, building the brand, I'm still Sprint 41 is still my job, uh, my, my business, my brand. I'm still sure. building that within, you know, what I do in Speedo and any way that I can push that and, and help is it's just icing on the cake, man. Yeah. I mean, in terms of building brands, you, you can't really talk about, you know, something that's any less competitive than that, right? You know, it's, it's about identifying who you are. It's, it's about understanding that you just sort of attested to there, like finding that niche, committing within that market knowing the, the 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 sort of clientele that you're working towards but what i what i am interested to learn more about man is like knowing you for who you are knowing knowing you for this person that wants to give back that wants to be available and that's a tough one like wanting like that willingness to be available and now suddenly we're in this part of your career where you are more available you're not training anymore you know yeah. you're not putting in the time yeah. how are you how are you finding that balance of just sort of saying yes to people saying no to certain things and, and just sort of i guess having enough calling to to give around you know yeah no i mean i am now on the usa swimming foundation board i am mm -hmm. on the board for diversity and aquatics um we have formed a group called Team Black after the George Floyd incidents and, and working with Leah Neal and um, Maritza Karaya, Sabir Muhammad, and, and you know, I'm co-chairing that one. Mm -hmm. 
on top of working and building, having my own entrepreneurial brand of Sprint 41. Being a dad and being a dad. Being a dad. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm tired just talking about it. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm definitely. And I give lessons, I give lessons at Lifetime, man. I, I'm just, I'm all over the place. Right. Um, my my calm place is is hanging with my son. Sure. Honestly, he's he's nuts, and I can't even call that calm because if you follow me on Instagram, you see he's never sitting down. Right. But that's my calm space. Um, yeah. I thought to your point that like you know when I was swimming, it was I was training, or I was doing make a splash, and I was traveling to different places, and and so a lot of people have always asked me like you know you went and traveled because National Water Safety Month is in May and we all know that big meets were in June. You mm -hmm. know, we had a lot of big meets and I always say it because he's my brother, I love him to death. But in my back of my head is you gotta race Nathan. Mm -hmm. You gotta race Tony. You gotta race these fast guys, Josh Schneider. You gotta race these guys. Mm -hmm. And you're going off and gallivanting to California to teach kids to swim. Right. Am I doing the right thing? Yeah. And that was always something that was in the back of my mind. But every time that I went, every time that I saw these kids, every time that I was working with these kids, it fired me up. It fueled mm -hmm. me. I watched a kid go underwater for the first time. I blow bubbles for the first time or was terrified of the water. But in 30 minutes, I got them to even sit by the end of the pool. I feel like that's what helped me swim faster. Yeah. I go back because I was so focused. I was it, it just turned my whole perception. And now in this role, I have less time. I thought I would have more time. But I, and you know, you're a dad. I have less time now than ever. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm just prioritizing every day. Like, okay, what do I have to do today? What's today? What's the most important thing? So mm -hmm. um, it's a blessing. I, I'm very, I'd rather be busy than bored. That's, yeah. that's, I put that down every day. I write it down. I'd rather be Absolutely. busy. <laughs> I'm right there. I'm right there with you. And I think I, I love how you put it is, you know, seeing these, and I think so many people would look at these things as like tasks or job or work or whatever. And you see it as fuel. You yeah. say, hey, I got this thing coming up today. And sure, it's going to take up my time. Sure, it's going to take some of my energy. But yeah. it's it's actually also going to act as the fuel for me to then go on and do whatever it is I got next on my schedule. And right. I think that's a very, very important note for really – and I'll hit this one to athletes really is because athletes are so – guilty of saying woe is me i am tired this is hard and we've you know not the exactly playing the victim playing the victim and i think <laughs> how can we how can we change that mindset how can we just say you know what yes i'm tired but what about what i'm doing now is going to actually fuel me for what's coming next and going back to you the summer now like how did you deal with the let's call it what it is the monotony of the of the of the hardships of the season and the training how did you sort of get out of, what was your inspirations to get out of bed from one day to the next day and be ready to compete in the same domain you know i i think that and it's a it's a beautiful ignorance i think that a lot of us as swimmers we just we get used to that schedule and mm. so you know what i found out when i moved into the working world was so many employers love especially swimmers because we're so used to get up, go to practice, go to school, go to practice, come home, do homework, go to sleep, repeat. And that's what we're used to doing. And so mm. I think for me, I was always in that mindset of like, get the schedule down. <laughs> my worst training, my worst, just being a human being, I was always irritable when I didn't have a schedule. I realized yeah. that. 
Like yeah. I just, I needed to have that. And I think as, as most swimmers know, we're all used to that kind of a schedule. When we break that schedule, we start to feel out of alignment. And so when I was training, it was, all right, I don't, if I don't feel right, it's because I'm out of the schedule. I need to focus. And so a lot of people talk about goal setting and that's what I did all the time. I would put pictures up of people that I raced against mm -hmm. and of them winning. And it was fuel. It was always fuel. And I would, you know, Nathan and I have some epic battles in the 53 sure. or Tony or Caesar Cielo, or like I, I've had Caleb, like I've had yep. so many those nail biters that it was always fuel for me that mm -hmm. you know, is, is Caleb sitting here drinking a glass of wine? Probably not. <laughs> Did I take the shot of tequila? No. <laughs> Did I stay not. up later? No. As you drink water. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just I'm doing just the, the right I'm thing. I'm the pro, man. I'm the pro. That's, but That's it. <laughs> Listen, before we go too much further into, let's say, what you're doing today, let's rewind. Let's okay. rewind here and let's talk about, you know, some of your success stories. Two-time gold medalist at the Olympic Games, uh, individual silver medalist in the in the 50 in, in London 2012. Um, you know, it seemed, and this is the crazy part about you, whether you admit it or not, but the bigger the, the, bigger the meat, the bigger the swim. And, and that's and, I, and honestly, I, I just if you just look at your medal count through your through your career, I think you have more Olympic medals than any other medal, pretty much. And, yeah. and and that's that says about everything you need to know in terms of the bigger the meet, the bigger the swim. And I think for for you as a sprinter, with me working with sprinters today, having that thing in your arsenal where it's just like I know come game time, come performance come the expectation being at absolute highest that my best will be something that I can deliver where where in the world do you start to build that element within your psyche or is it something that you just woke up one day and you were just like hey I'm a gamer I, I know how to do this um, you know talk to us a little bit about and I know a lot of that was flattery. A lot of that was complimentary, but okay. hey, you know, you <laughs> don't take it. Don't, don't, don't let your head get too big here. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but just talk to me a little bit about it, man. Cause it is true. It's true. So just talk to us a little bit about that. I, I'm, I'm really scrappy. Even as a kid, I was really scrappy. If you told me I couldn't, you couldn't do something. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, let me prove it wrong. Um, and you're right. The bigger the, the more I stepped up, David Marsh, father figure, he was my coach for 11 years um, towards the end of my career. He hated that about me. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you have, you have swimmers like Nathan. Nathan mm -hmm. is at practice every single day. Mm -hmm. He's doing the same thing. He will go 48 in his sleep. Um, I just wasn't that swimmer. I, I was a boxer. I was a boxer mentality. I needed breaks. I needed time. I wasn't going to the Austin Pro Series and in January and popping off a of 48. It wasn't going to happen. Right. And my coach knew that. I was going to go 50.9 and sit there and beat myself up because I'm like, why am I so slow? Why am I so slow? But then whenever trials came, here comes a 48. Mm -hmm. Um I, I always peaked right at the time that I needed to. And that was one of the things that I know David would always say. He said, I don't have to worry about Colin. 
I don't have to worry about Cullen in, in March. I don't have to worry about him in February or January. As long as he's in some sort of shape, <laughs> he's going to be in striking range of yeah. being where he needs to be at the end of the year. And so I'm not saying that this is for every swimmer. This was me as a pro. Mm -hmm. You remember me in college. Yeah, I would run through a wall. Whoever put something up on the board, I would run through the wall and I was 24 and I was young. I realized as, as, an, as a pro swimmer, I can't jump up every time and just keep swimming over and over and over again. Sure. I need to prioritize when I need to be lights on. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I missed a couple of worlds. Yeah, I missed a couple of pan packs. But when it came to the Olympic Games, you know, it was it was lights on. That was it. 2016 hurt so bad because I was so confident mm -hmm. in the fact that I was going to it was lights on. That was it. Mm -hmm. And I ended up missing by a tenth lesson yeah. yeah. and, and it crushed me because it but it was also a learning experience that like i couldn't just rely on that i had yeah. to rely on my talent but more so my work ethic and i think that's what why i came back i went back to nc state in 2017 mm -hmm. and although i missed worlds and, and caleb touched me out mm -hmm. i came back and swam the best 100 freestyle that i had swam in in five years yeah and it was like proof to myself that yeah i'm I know I can still do this. And in 2018, when I hung it up, it was one of those things where I hung it up because I wanted to. Yeah. Did I feel, did I have shoulder injuries? No. Did I, was I healthy as an ox? Mm -hmm. But in 2018, I didn't have the drive anymore. And I always sure. said in the beginning was like, if I don't have the drive, I'm going to hang it up. Right. That's what happened. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah. it's funny, you know, I, the last the last two episodes on on the show here the last two interviews i've done to to start out the the year firstly um we talked about reaching your ceiling reaching your ceiling and, and i think for you to to do what you did there in 2017 and just say hey i'm gonna i'm gonna show that i can still get to the levels that i can get to if it doesn't if it doesn't result in a qualifying performance that gets me to where I want to go, I can still hit the performance I know I'm capable of doing. So you were able to get to that ceiling one last time in 2017. But in addition, the the, the last episode that we released was talking about the blueprint of how you are successful and, and the importance sometimes of actually pinpointing the areas within that blueprint that are suited to you. And I think that's what you're talking about here in terms of knowing yourself and actually allowing yourself to peak at the right time because every swimmer's blueprint it looks the same at the, at the surface of like august we train we train our butts off and in october we just resent the pool and by december we want to quit but then by january we've got some meets coming up so we get excited again everyone's got the same blueprint but you're saying that you were able to with experience say listen you guys have august to february you take that yeah, that's that's yours. I don't mind if you're the best during that time, but yep. come April, come May, come June, certainly by July, you know, you will see the best of me. And I think that is again just such a a, a great piece of information for anybody listening that is is a part of something that is seasonal. And I think a lot of things that we do in life are seasonal. I don't think we can peak perform each and every day when we wake up. Um, you know, but I, I think in your case, it's such a a fantastic example of, of those two things and let's talk about the big one 2008 
you know, I was actually in the UK at the time, believe it or not. I, I watched this. I don't think I ever told you this, but I, I watched this swim at like 3.30 in the morning in, in England. <laughs> and I obviously didn't go back to sleep because it was just like, wow, it was just crazy. But again, let, let's just kind of call it what it is. You know, the, the other three guys on the relay at the time were household names in the sport of swimming. And you were you were getting there. You were mm-hmm. you were getting there. You weren't you weren't maybe Jason Lezak. You weren't necessarily. You certainly weren't Michael Phelps. No one is Michael Phelps, right? But in terms of in terms of being a part of that relay, you earned your opportunity. You earned that opportunity going into that final. And for anybody who is listening that isn't a swimming fan, literally just type into YouTube right now. Fast best relay ever, two thousand eight, whatever. You know, it, it'll come up. Talk to us a little bit about what it meant to be in that final, knowing that you'd earn that opportunity, but then at the same time, how in God's name did you sort of keep your shit together when it came to swimming that race? <laughs> that is the perfect part. How'd you keep your shit together? Right. Um, so I, I, I give this talk quite a bit because it, I've got to go back though. I've got to sure. go back to when we were at state. Mm. 2006, my senior year, I won the 50 freestyle, came home super excited. The next week I went to um, World Short Course in Shanghai, China, got second, was very upset. The next weekend was Ultra Swim in Charlotte, North Carolina. So now I've got three meets after, like back to back to back to back. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember racing the 100 freestyle and it was the last last event (laughs) <laughs> on a Sunday, for some reason, Ultra Swim, the 100 free was always the last event on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to leave, but I'm racing against Phelps and I'm racing mm-hmm. against Octi and Grievers. And I'm exhausted, don't want to do it. And I swim this 100 and I go out in the first 50. And it's like, before I started swimming, I looked over at Michael and Michael had this face like, I got this. Right. Scrappy. Yeah. I'm like, bro, how do you already Touch know you the nerve. Touch me? the nerve there, man. Okay, the you're going to be all right, good. <laughs> Mark, go, boom. I lose it. I go out like it's a 50, flip ahead of him. My feet are on the wall. I come out and you see, you know, Michael. Yep. Pops up ahead of me and I'm like, no, I'm coming after you. I hit the yeah. wall. He touches me out. He yeah. goes a 48.8. I think I want a 48.9. Mm-hmm. And I get second. He looks at me and he says, finally, we have our fourth for the four by 100 relay. Wow. And it like at that moment, I was so hype. Fast forward to 2008, we go to to the Olympics, but again, third mm-hmm. does not put you on the relay when you've got Michael Phelps on there. Sure. So there's one space left. So we had to swim prelims and finals. Everything was backwards. So prelims were at night and yep. finals were in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that night, I had to swim with Ben Wildmanto-Breener, Nathan Adrian, Matt Grievers, and myself. Nathan was first, Ben, myself, then Grievers. Mm-hmm. I hit the wall, and I mean, Ed, Ed Reese, is he's one of those guys that doesn't want to get in the mess. He goes, the fastest guys get on the relay. Yep. Now, Michael, of course, is one of the fastest, so he's already on there. Garrett got first in the 100 free, he's on there. Jason got second, he's on there, so there's only one spot. Mm-hmm. Whoever's the fastest on the prelims makes it. Mm-hmm. I win by one one hundredth of a second. I beat Drew by one one hundredth of a second. <laughs> Meanwhile, we also set the world record right. again, in prelim. Right. 
So now I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. And that night, um, sorry, I'm taking over your show. That night, (laughs) I I sit there and I'm in my room. It's one o'clock, banging on the door, banging on the door. At one o'clock in the morning, I look and it's Phelps. I'm like, Mike, man, what's up? He's like, Colin, Colin. All the NBA guys are downstairs. They want to wish us good luck. So run down <laughs> all the team, the whole team's there. Men and women are down there. Kobe, LeBron, D-Way, Kobe, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Everyone's there and they're shaking hands. And like they knew that this was the, the relay that Michael might not get his eight gold medals. And LeBron mm-hmm. knew Michael. And so this is my first time meeting any of these guys. And mm-hmm. I'm a big, huge, you know me, I'm a huge yep. basketball fan. Oh, yeah. I'm shaking hands like, oh, my God. And yep. it gets real quiet. They're all staring at me. And I love telling the story because LeBron's the only one that breaks the silence. And he looks at me. He goes, oh, shit, there's a black dude on the swim team. <laughs> and everyone busts out laughing. <laughs> and so this is the night before this relay. So like, like you said, everyone go check it out. But like. It was only second to the Super Bowl in views on YouTube that year. Oh, yeah. But, like, that was the night before at 1.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be ready to focus on this race. And I'm hanging out with all these guys. Yeah. And the next morning, everything was clockwork. The president yep. was there. The NBA guys came. I was shitting my pants, honestly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm behind the block, like, oh, my God, I can't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. <laughs> I went a 47.6 yeah. in all cases. That's pretty fast. And that's not messing up. And Fred was able to catch me. Right. Because he drafted me and caught me. Yep. And I thought I'd lost it for the whole yeah. team. With yep. a 47.6, which to yep. this day is a fast time. Yes. <laughs> but like I, I'm sitting here, I think I miss it. And I get all on the side, watch the video. Right. Oh, yeah. I see. Right yeah. down here on your screen, you'll see me jump up yep. at the end. Cause I was seeing watching Jason come in and he touches first. Yeah. And you're the best view in the house, man. Yeah, man. But I missed <laughs> all the pictures for all the marketing. Cause it's all, it's all you were exhausted. You were exhausted like, on the side, man. <laughs> yeah. You had like 40, 46.1 seconds or whatever the heck it was that he did oh, yeah. to, to get back over to the lane, which is, insane. which is insane. Yeah, we'll call him Superman. 46. Oh yeah. 46. Oh, yeah. Insane. I mean, and again, like, you know, I, I actually I actually believe I was the first person on planet Earth to notice you in the bottom corner, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, 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 every time every time I tell people to watch that video, go just check out Colin at the end. He's just hanging out in the corner. Like, <laughs> Bro, I um, fell back in the pool. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you did. Qualified the whole team. I yeah. fell back in the pool. I mean, and it's just, it's just one of those, it's, for any fan of sport, Olympic Games, et cetera, et cetera. It's just one of those moments in this performance um, from all four guys. And I think that's the one. Th- it's so easy to just identify the Lezak swim and just say the Lezak swim, the Lezak swim. But I say it to my athletes to this day, like those results happen because of the, the situation he was handed. He was given that slither of opportunity. He, he was given that slither opportunity, and I'm sure he himself. I don't. I don't know Jason, but I'm, I'm sure he himself would admit the same thing. You know, he, nah, that was all him. You, you yeah. gotta- <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's honestly though, because when you when you just watch the swim again, you you mentioned your time, you mentioned all these other times, and I knew this episode would just become about swimming, which I tried to avoid, but it didn't happen. Um, you know, the 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 fact of the matter is that you know that performance is an iconic moment in in olympic history and it is because of just 
so many um, incredible emotions that all came into this one performance from the four of you guys. And of course, it all gets linked to Phelps's eight medals and all this kind of stuff. But I didn't know the basketball story. That's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm obviously insanely jealous of, of, of that opportunity to meet all those guys too. But, you know, let's just start to move towards the present day, man, a little bit. And I, I want to I, I do want to acknowledge just the the work that you are doing right now in, in relation to the racial injustices within the country and, and, and within, you know, the, the sport of swimming. And I, I think, you know, for, and this is me being able to speak as someone who's tried to educate himself over these last few months of, of everything going on in the, in the world, in the country. You know, I, I went into probably 2020, 12 months ago, saying, "What? What are you talking about? What in, in the sport of swimming? Like, what are you talking about?" And and that's that was naive of me. That was wrong of me to think that way. Um, and and he, and that's maybe just who I am as a person. Maybe that I'm a result of 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 this scenario, of this situation, of this world that we're living in. But just talk to me a little bit, man, about and and, and the listeners about you know just the work you've been doing, but also the reasons for it and that's and that's the key thing here that i want people to hear yeah no i mean I, and i appreciate you coming back to this because you didn't even tell me what we were going to talk about today so i'm just freestyling everybody um <laughs> we're um, just having a chat that's all we're, we're doing just we're just having a chat i like it i like it yeah. absolutely and so it, it's when george floyd happened it was it goes back to uh, for me ahmaud arbery here is a young black man running down the street, just getting a workout in and was shot and killed. Mm -hmm. And it affected me so much that, you know, I, I felt like I was putting on a couple of the, the COVID-15 right. right in here. <laughs> so I started riding my bike and that shit stopped me from riding my bike. Mm -hmm. Like I stopped riding my bike around the neighborhood because mm -hmm. I live in a neighborhood that's a nice neighborhood it's now you know i grew up in the hood now i have the money not to yeah. and i live in the suburbs now mm -hmm. but here's this kid just taking a run and people came up on them came up on him and shot him yeah. it, was a, it was something that really got to me not that that's personally happened to me i've been i've had deals dealings with the police i've been pulled over i've been harassed your car's too nice this can't be your car i've that's all all of that has happened to me but here's a kid that's just running down the street. Now, two months later, here's a man for eight minutes and 46 seconds lynched in front of people, killed in front of people. And I hear people sit back and go, well, he must have had some kind of background. How do you justify this? Right. In any way, the man is on the floor in handcuffs and you got your knee on his neck for what? Was he going to run? You got two other cops on his back. Mm -hmm. He's telling you he can't breathe, but you're still on his neck. Mm -hmm. That next night after I came out of my place, it was 10 o'clock. I was working late, walking my French bulldog and a cop car drove by, whipped around and came back. I heard boop, boop and came around. Mm -hmm. This cop, now I know, I know this cop lives in the neighborhood, comes up, pulls up ahead of me. And he goes, hey, um, what kind of dog is that? It's like French bulldog. He's like, oh, he's a puppy, right? I was like, no, 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 that this is how big they are. French bulldogs are 3K. I'm not trying to stunt. I'm not trying to flex. I'm just saying that that's how much these dogs are. Right. 
So here I am. I have a nice car next to me. I haven't gotten out of my my driveway. Mm-hmm. See, I have not walked out of my driveway. I'm get with my dog. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, I just wanted to make sure everything was OK. Sure, officer. Everything's fine. He drove down, whipped his car around to come back to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Then he's like, well, oh, I, oh, I was like, oh, do you have a dog? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have this dog and this dog. And I was like, oh, yeah, that dog's small. That dog's big. Oh, that's really cool. He's like, yeah, yeah, they always getting getting into this. And oh, thank God for my extensive knowledge of dogs. Because <laughs> this man's like, oh, I just wanted to make sure everything was all right and drove right. off. Now, for most people, and I'm talking about people that have uh, that I will be honest have not been accosted by the police sure. as much as I have. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, well, maybe he was just show- after George Floyd trying to show you that um, not all cops are bad. And I mm-hmm. said, oh, okay, but why did you whip around at ten o'clock at night? Because something was out of place. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the three thousand dollar dog. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the nice car in the house. Mm-hmm. It was my six foot five black frame, muscular black frame that yeah. did not fit right with you. Right. So you had to drive back and question me about the dog, mm-hmm. about it, me being, is this your house? Mm-hmm. Like you're asking me these questions because this, I don't fit your perception of who should live in this house. Mm-hmm. And here's my problem. See, let's say I was having a party. I was having a good time with my friends and I had a couple of drinks and I got irritated. Right. I am now diffusing the man with the gun. I am ling- linguistically diffusing this man. And what hit me the most was that I have to teach my son to do the same thing when he's the one with the gun. He's the one that's supposed to protect and serve me. Mm-hmm. And so after that, and after much talking to a bunch of my friends, I talked to Leah and I said, we need to get people together. We need to yeah. get swimmers together. We, like this, uh, like I need to fix something that I know I can help. And right. the thing for me was swimming. So we got all of the black swimmers together. We started a coalition called Team Black and we started working with USA Swimming. USA Swimming mm-hmm. put out a post that was very focused on all lives matter. And the best analogy that I have heard is the fire analogy. You can have 10 houses on a, on a street and the fire department cares about every house that's on that street, but it's the one that's on fire that the fire department is going to pay the most attention to. Mm-hmm. It's nice to say all, all these houses matter. It's nice to say all lives matter, but the house that's on fire mm-hmm. in the black community. And so when I said that to USA Swimming and our amazing leadership now at USA Swimming, they, they listened, they took it, and they came back with a much more heartfelt response. And I think that we all felt so much better about that to know that our national governing body, the group that we we work our butts off to represent in this country, they stood behind their black swimmers. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, we've been working with them like constantly, and it's been amazing um, to have that kind of relationship with the national governing body. is It's showing that inclusiveness that we want to see in our sport. And so I'm seeing so many people, David Curtis, you see Giles, you see um, Simone, Leah, and, and they're activists in their own way. They're, they're changing the sport in their own way. Now I had Maritza Karaya who had Sabir Muhammad, who had Byron Davis and Trevor Freeland and, and all of these other people that were behind us mm-hmm. to see this explosion 
that's happening after me is just absolutely amazing because it's not just one. You've got Leah, you've got Simone, you've got Reese, you've got David, you've got Shane, you've got all of these different swimmers that are now coming up that need to make this sport more inclusive. And mm -hmm. to say that like we are actually making a difference. George Floyd was my tipping point. Mm -hmm. For my entire my entire career, my Instagram, my social has always been neutral. I've not said anything about my political views, nothing. But the first time that I said something was after George Floyd, because that hit me so hard. And that the next day, for me to be profiled in front of my house, something had to change. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I reached out to you right after all this stuff ha happened and I... <laughs> I just apologize and you you immediately shut me down just sort of said dude don't don't do that <laughs> you don't need to apologize um and, and and I appreciate that but I I think what I was apologizing for it it was almost like my you were my outlet you were my you were, you were my person that I know I could go to that could at least hear me um in the sense that you were a black man within the sport of swimming and mm -hmm. I I think the this is the naive part on, on my side of things um especially having been in the u.s as long as i have now is that at, at the end at the end of the day swimming just like the sport of baseball with jackie robinson just like all these other big sports that had their firsts that had their their next generation of of black people and that are where they are today because of those people mm -hmm. swimming is going through that as we speak, it is happening right now. And I think that is the part that I know, obviously just hearing you talk makes you so proud that should make so many people that came before you so proud. And at the same time shows how much things still need to change, how, how much we still need to be conscious of this, how much we still need to actively work on this. And for me, I love that we are where we are in the sport right now. I love that there's people like you that are, are, are pioneering this opportunity for others to, to see all this change. And I wrote something down while you were just talking there just about being a competitive citizen. Yeah. I think, I think that's what, I think that's what you're being now. You know, you're not an athlete anymore in the sense of performance, but you are being competitive as a citizen within your, within your work and you know that you are talking about something where you're targeted within even your most local of communities at home you know in that moment like you said you you stood your ground you did the right thing and it sucks that you were putting it put in a situation like that but in terms of your role as a citizen in terms of our role as citizens within this country i think it's so important for us to keep competing for one another yeah you know and, and competing for opportunity for one another and i think hearing you talk that's what you're doing you are a competitive citizen on behalf of black people within the sport of swimming on behalf of black people everywhere and i'll tell you like we've we've had our as friends we've had times when we've been around each other we've literally lived in the same house and we've yeah. had times where we've had years where we've not really communicated and it's it's just awesome it's awesome to see this man it's awesome to see you in this role doing all these amazing things so i'm just i'm just really pleased and proud for you dude I appreciate that, Steve. And you're right. We we lived in the same house. Uh, we watched soccer together. Um, <laughs> I taught you some stuff. I told you. You, some did, stuff. you did. You did. I still watch. I still. It's still one of my favorite passions. Um, yeah. I mean, I I really appreciate that. A competitive citizen. I I've never thought of it that way, and I will hold on to that. I like that a lot. I mean, I just think that 
it, it, it lit a fire in me. I, I've read books where people said that there was a turning point in their life. And, you know, I'm always like, you know, yeah, there were things that happened. There were turning points in the sense of like, you know, I felt like I needed to buckle down in swimming. But I think for a lot of swimmers, we're just used to that. Like, oh, someone beat us. Now we got to get back. We got to win, you know. Yeah. Where's the line between like just wanting to get back and vengeance and when is it like a true turning point? And so I, I can probably list a couple of them that happened in swimming, but that moment mm -hmm. lived with me for the rest of my life. I remember going in the house and the first thing I thought about was my son. Mm -hmm. Like what if I was not belligerent, but angry at something completely different or didn't answer the way that I was supposed to. And those types of things fuel me when it comes to being in meetings and trying to figure out ways to, to, to help in any way. So mm -hmm. I like that competitive citizen. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I have the, odd, I have the odd good idea here and there, despite what my wife says, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> <I feel> you <laughs> <on that>. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, I, if, if there was any reason or excuse for, 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 for bringing you on the show it was it was just a catch up with an old friend and i i really enjoy being able to do this i i love some of the content um i love all the work you're doing you know you've always had a fan in me and i think in terms of just the future now i'm, I'm excited to see what 2021 holds for you and the work that you're doing before i let you go tell anybody and everybody that's listening that isn't a follower already of colin jones where they can find out more of you yeah, I'm on all social platforms. It's just at Colin Jones. Um, I got to work with TikTok, man. Someone else, I can't have this. I need my handle. Um, That's <laughs> one too Jones. far for me. That's one too far for me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You got swimmers. You better get on TikTok too. I know, I know. They, again, <laughs> the, the whole like being young, feeling old, that sort of thing it is what it is. But listen, man, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. All the best to you, brother. All right. Thanks for having me. And I'll be back. <laughs> hold you to that <laughs> and my thanks again to colin for stopping by the show and speaking with us on this episode and it's just uh it's about time it's about time that guys like colin are, are doing what they're doing within these sports such as swimming and just within society in general which is why i provided that perspective of a of a competitive citizen and i i believe that's what he is and i believe if there's anything you can take from this particular episode, I think that's a, a real source of inspiration that we can all take and, and think about how can we compete for one another on behalf of our communities in a way where we're representing ourselves, but obviously representing each and every citizen that's around within these United States and obviously around the world, wherever you're listening. And I think if we can, uh, if we can take a, a page out of that book of, of Collins of, of putting others first and giving opportunity to others, then we're competing. We're competing. And I, I believe that that is what this show does as well as anything is gives you that blueprint, that idea, those resources necessary to be competitive in any walk of life. So if this is helping you with your career in terms of some of Colin's, uh, Colin's approaches as an athlete, then fantastic. But in terms of your approach to life as a whole, I hope that some of his messages in, in the work that he's doing today, some of the awesome takeaways that we were able to bring to the surface here. Those are the things I hope that you take from this episode. And I look forward to to being able to bring more of this content to you here in the in the weeks ahead as we speak with more and more Olympic hopefuls and past Olympians and people tied to Olympians. So many different avenues that we're actually going to take with this Olympic theme 
that we have coming up over the next few episodes. So I look forward to providing that to you. Be sure to to connect with us through Instagram, maybe. Career underscore competitor is our handle. You can always share the show through there. And I'm always excited to hear from people through Instagram if you want to do that. And obviously, connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Steve Mell is my name. And I look forward to hopefully hearing from some of you at some point here in the future. But in the meantime, best of luck with everything and anything you've got going on within your world at the moment. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.